Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey! What's up, everybody? Welcome. Today, John, for the first... Something happened to me that has never happened to me in my life. I didn't tell you about this. I meant to tell you about this. Did you get dinged when you're not in the... uh the fast track lane and still get dinged for it. Like that happened to me. I think it's a scam going on in California. No. What happened to you? You got you, uh, when, when I used oh, to drive up the six eighty back to Walnut Creek, it would, it would make the sound like I was in the lane, even right. though I was in the lane next to it. And I think there's a massive scam that will one day be uncovered. If all the journalists weren't already bought off, we'd already have answers. I saw one time Brandon, I, you complained about it. Yeah. It's, did keep you an keep eye your fast track on the dash, or was it like in your glove box or your on the, you know it velcros to the yeah. the middle of the dash? Yeah. yeah. See, I I got mine at my door, so maybe I'm somehow avoiding that being scammed. Boop boop. Now no. sometimes you know I I if you're gonna fly in the fast track lane, I'll pay the seventy five cents. You know, right, right. Moving. I've never been able to figure out how that system actually works, so I just stay out of that lane. <laughs> uh, no one makes it doesn't. Oh, make if you exit sense. on treat, it's two dollars and twenty five cents. <laughs> Doesn't what does up. that mean? I don't understand. Uh, no, I've never in my life, I've had many people over the years come up to me and say, I know somebody named Guy. And my answer is always the same. I've never met someone named Guy. But today, I heard Guy McIntyre was at 49ers practice. And it was funny because I'd standing on the sideline and I'd heard a few people like, hey, Guy. And I'm like, am I hearing things? I wasn't hearing things because Guy McIntyre was standing 15 feet behind me. So I was walking off the field, and I said to somebody, was that guy McIntyre? And uh, Kawakami and Cam Inman were like, yeah, that was him. So I ran back. I was like, I know we're supposed to be on the field, but I just had to say hello to you. And he said, are you a firstborn son? And I said, yes, I am. <laughs> I said, I heard that's what it means. Must be true. It's like, all right. <laughs> How do you so, look? He looked great, man. That was, that was cool, man. I always liked him just because of his name. 62 years old. It looks fantastic. He looked, he looked great. Yep. I think there are there are some arguments. You know, it was a little before our time. Uh, you know, obviously the Montana era. Was him or Joe Staley the greatest offensive lineman in 49er history? Yeah. He obviously won three Super Bowls. Uh, I think Joe went to one more Pro Bowl. You know, I, I think it's between the two of them. What about the- Joe, Joe? Joe by no means was the reason they didn't not win Super Bowls, right? I think if you put Joe Montana on some of Joe Staley's teams, maybe they end up with a Super Bowl championship. Uh, or was Bob swap Sinclair, out? Was Bob Sinclair an offensive tackle or a defensive tackle? It just lists him as tackle, but he's a Hall of Famer. You know, that's another one that's a little uh, before my time. So uh, you know, I, I don't claim to be uh, Bob Sinclair. Yeah, Bob Sinclair. Numbers retired. You know, he's a Hall of Famer, but it, he's li- again, these were not historians here. Somebody listening to this or watching this on YouTube. Uh, Luckily, the demo watching. I'm not positive. He's just listed as tackle, which. Born in 31. Yeah, born in 31. Okay. Looks like an offensive tackle. Yeah. All right. So he may be the greatest Niners offensive lineman of all time. 
if he was. But again, not a hundred percent sure on that one. Yeah, you know, I, I think clearly uh, the most talented now is Trent Williams. Yeah, who, who was not in a week today? Who, uh, if they were to win a Super Bowl, he will now have been a part right of back-to-back NFC championships. Mm-hmm. Who's widely considered the best at his position? Yep, Staley, Guy McIntyre, drafted by, cultivated, grew up in. You know, I, I would say Trent has a little Kevin Durant to him, hired mercenary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although, yeah, yeah. Well, remember he demanded, like, I want to go left. there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. After Almost left. Old. Got him. To, yeah, got him to pay a little more. It's right. hard to blame him. Uh, hey, what's up? If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. Subscribe to our channel. You can check out our podcast in the description of this YouTube. If you are listening on the podcast, appreciate you. Um, leave us a review on Apple Podcast. That's how you get in the mailbag. Five stars. Any question you want to ask, fire away. And uh, we can get to that. Um, a bunch of stuff from Niner Practice I want to throw at you today, even though I called you on the drive back and told you a lot. Um Saw Kawakami today. He was uh, very happy that we talked. He thought us talking Jimmy Garoppolo and the Raiders. He said Ham talking Garoppolo and the Raiders was the triangle, was the perfect triangle. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then I talked to him about Bob Myers a little bit. And um, everyone, a lot of media, everybody was there today. A lot of people are talking, watching quarterbacks. What? B- Bob Myers there as well? Bob Myers was not, but John Lynch was there and performed some Bob Myers-like duties at one point during practice. Uh, so... One clip when we were talking yesterday that we missed because Joe, you and I watched the beginning and then Joe joined and we started doing a podcast. Did you see the clip that Joe Lacob says? Yes, because he was asked who's going to run the draft the rest of the next month. He said, well, his contract doesn't end for another month. I am going to work him. Bob gave the look like this is kind of crazy. Like, I mean, seriously, it was like this is crazy. But I actually like Joe, I'm Joe, Joe, I'm done. Like it's, it's over. And Joe's like, no, it's not over. <laughs> I was listening to Marcus and Slater and Kawakami today, and one of them made the point that, like, even right up to the day that Lakeham still thought maybe Bob wouldn't leave. Uh, but obviously he uh, he gone. So. I, I was last time I talked to Tim, we said uh, he told me, you know, he's, he, he knows some people that know some people. That John Lynch and Bob Myers, whenever he's talking to one of the two, they always asked about the other. Mm. They are they've I think cultivated a, a good relationship. Seems see. like very similar humans. Obviously, John, professional football player, Bob, after college had to become uh, an agent. But Pac-12 guys, high-end universities, super bright, really good looking, have like ten pitches in the bag. Like I don't have to be a GM to make millions. I could do. I could turn down TV and do other things to make millions. Yeah. I think one other very strong similarity, which hit me today watching John. Good waistline? Great waistline. <laughs> but it wasn't that. Good jawline. Wasn't that. Um, both work for guys who part of their job, Bob and Lynch's jobs, are to smooth out the rough stuff that Kyle Shanahan and Joe Lacob do. Right? <laughs> to handle yeah. when... Draymond or you know what all of that like that all falls to John Lynch and Bob Myers something controversial happens it's John Lynch and Bob Myers because Lacob and Kyle are off doing you know focused on championships right the two of them are just chasing championships and it's up to John and Bob to kind of manage people 
and situations that Joe or Kyle might get them in. Yeah, it, it feels like both. I, I I wonder if in a weird way Joe leans aggressive optimism where Kyle leans aggressive negativity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, could be. Yeah, <laughs> Feel, that's true. You know, feels like Joe is a little more like it's going to end out, up all right. Where Kyle's like, this might be a disaster. And but they're both equally as aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Isaiah on the chat says one chasing the championship. One was lol. One was chasing championships. The other can't find a QB. Let's talk about quarterbacks, John. I'm uh, so watch practice today. Open OTAs. It was a lot of Sam Darnold and Trey Lance with a little Brandon Allen. And here's how I would summarize quarterbacks right now, because I think a lot of this, sometimes the conversation's from a Darnold perspective. Sometimes it's from a Lance perspective. Um, If Trey Lance is going to beat out Sam Darnold, he will have to do it based on to just like, just based on today. If he were the guy today, it would be because Kyle wants him to be the guy, not because he actually looks better than Sam Darnold. That would be my assessment after watching the practice. If he's going to beat out Sam, he's either got to be better than he was on Wednesday, May 31st, which is I'm just we're just watching a day, a slice of time. Darnold, I, I didn't watch Darnold and think like, oh, that guy's incredible. Trey Lance can't take his job. But if ties are going to go to Sam, and it kind of feels like that's been Sh- showed up like three weeks ago. Yeah, right, which means in theory he should be able to get better. Now, Trey would say, well, I got a new throwing motion. I'm finally healthy, so I'm going to be better in August than I am today too. But I didn't think either one looked great. Um, But Trey does not look better than the guy that just showed up. And what I'm basing that on is predominantly accuracy. Arm strength, I don't think either looks better than the other. I don't think Sam's arm looks better plays at least better than Trey's. I don't think Trey's plays better than Sam's. Um, I think we both love Mayoko. I, I think his comment, it feels a little crazy just because I, I've never viewed Sam Darnold as like some Josh Allen level Mahomes. I mean, just think of some of the great arms, right? Kyler Murray, I think, has like a pretty special arm. Sam Darnold really was more of like a playmaker. Yeah, Mayoko's comments that he has the greatest arm in the history of the franchise, which I would, I mean... Not factoring accuracy, but I don't know if Sam's Mr. Accuracy either would have to be Kaepernick, correct? Yeah. Because obviously Steve Young and Joe Montana are not big arm guys, and Alex Smith was the worst of those three. Drunken Miller had an arm, right? Yeah, it was pretty terrible. And, and Jimmy Garoppolo, Garcia. another guy, not a great arm. Jimmy, uh, I would say Jeff Garcia was like a better version of Sam Darnold with less of an arm, kind of just a freelance kind of a gamer mm-hmm. who made a pro bowl. I mean, Garcia was really good when he was humming, but I, I, I would say if Sam Darnold becomes what people want him to become, not just that would be the 49ers who they're telling everybody would, would, be, would be kind of a Garcia. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a pack 12 blue oh. chip guy. And I, I <laughs> my, my issue with Trey is I, 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 you know, he was viewed as a blue chip guy. That's why you get drafted high. I don't see the, the blue chip talent. You're there. Did you notice the arm motion a little less? Yeah, I thought the ball came. I thought the motion was tighter. I thought on throws where, you know, especially shorter throws where the ball really came out quick, where it wasn't even one, two, three, it was just one and out. Um, Or throws that were within the offense for sure. I mean, they all are within the offense, but uh, I thought the ball came out quicker. Yeah, it looked tighter. Trey looked tighter. Like he, it did look better. Now, 
you know, it's not a live defense. Hell, Sam's got a loopy release, I would say, a little bit. Right? When I, I was telling you this earlier today, Sam can move the ball down the field. And he sometimes, we were trying to think of this on Tuesday, what, is, what did Peyton Manning call his ball? He called it a tight wobble. They both sometimes have a tight wobble. Even Lance's spirals kind of, you know, he throws the wobble, but then his spirals kind of, like the laces are not t- totally cutting the air. Uh, Darnold, can, Ka- Ka- Kaepernick's deep ball were very tight, right? Yeah, they were, they were. I mean, call me crazy, but they were Brady, Mike, Farvey, Vick, Farvian, Russ yeah. Wilson, just, <laughs> just. No wasted motion, right? They were if you yeah. created a jet and you smoothed out every edge, Rogers. That's what those deep balls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a middle cough fucking dry, low, driver with a low off a low T. Just <laughs> Gary Woodland, Tiger Woods stinger. Um, but there was a throw that Darnold loaded up to try and get it downfield, and the ball, you know, sometimes maybe you try to throw it too hard. Um, Try to get it to Danny Gray. Well, no, he actually threw another ball to Danny Gray that Sam Womack broke up. That was actually not a bad ball, but tried to get the ball down the field and kind of underthrew it. Like Aaron Rodgers does not underthrow if he loads up. Trey and Darnold, even if they're set and ready to throw the ball down the field, sometimes can hit a guy in his feet, right? And you would say like, that's the line probably. If you have one of the stronger arms in the league, that doesn't happen. You don't from a set position with time to step into the throw on a 45-yard throw, come up short. And both of them do that in drills, in in uh, in team. It just it happens. Whatever. Brock is not – It's this is irrelevant. But it's about, like, are these guys going to be better at something? Is Trey going to be better at something than Brock is, right? If, if Brock's going to be more accurate or have more touches, Trey going to be able to throw the ball down the field more? You know, the Niners still don't have – Jimmy couldn't really consistently hit big throws – Darnold, I don't believe has shown the ability to. Trey, I don't think is right now projecting like it. Trey did hit Ayuk on a deep ball that was a, it was a great play by Ayuk. But you know, right now deep balls with this team are still 50-50 propositions, and you basically got to be throwing it to Ayuk if you want it to be a catch. Danny Gray may not catch it, um, uh. You know, so Ray Ray might catch it. Willie Sneed. The best throw today, John, was Brandon Allen to Willie Sneed. Just defender, shoulder, on the money. That was the best throw today. If you didn't know anything, and I said, which one of these quarterbacks throws the ball the best? I'm not saying you would say Brandon Allen. I'm just saying you might say Brandon Allen. So it's it, it was not an overly impressive day. And I think it'll be interesting to see Brock Purdy, who John Lynch said today, is back and throwing and on schedule. And you told me he's throwing Nerf balls. Um, a DMer said that. A DMer told I, you I that. I think would make some sense, right? I, I think you would start off just thinking about baseball guys. Just back to the, the play today. Obviously, Sam came out with the ones, Trey with the twos, reverse from last week. Debo Samuel in attendance, not practicing, correct? On the correct. side. Correct. Kittle team, is he, was he active? Kittle was uh, oh in a, in a team he might have taken a rep or two it was mostly the other tight ends but he ran he had the helmet on and he ran a bunch of routes it was actually at one point he just him went over with the quarterbacks to run to run routes with the quarterbacks so if we just the the defensive lines neutralized obviously Bosa is not there and Armstead's on the side doesn't matter because it's not really that the back seven Fred Warner uh, wearing a hat Greenlaw 
Mm, cannot confirm. Charvarius? No. So, I mean, the, Warner and Charvarius, I mean, the pro bowlers, not around. Lenore, was he out yes. there? Wearing a number two. Threw me off. So it was like Lenore, the Womax, the Ambry Thomases kind of rotating around there. Um, but my, my point is they're not playing. They're not yeah. going. I mean, the, the two linebackers obviously factor in, especially Fred in the passing game heavily. And Ward would be on IUK. So it just, it's a little easier. You could argue that, you know, your completion percentage should be a little higher. I think that would be the argument. That was my takeaway from practice is there were throws that are 50-50 game throws that in practice need to not be 50-50 throws that sometimes look like 50-50 throws. I, You know, there was in the chat, somebody put Trey, somebody, one of the reporters must have posted Trey was 6 of 12 today. Somebody wrote in the chat. And then oh, this uh, is spreadsheet, baby. I mean, fucking Lombardi. He just got married, guy. I, I thought he was on his honeymoon. He's back for practice. You know, he, he ain't missing one of these. These are a war. It's a one-on-one war. <laughs> Bobby on the stream says, "Guy, a lot of people said Trey looked good today. Drops on receivers. I trust you a lot more. There were drops. Uh, two drops today from nine or seventh round pick Ronnie Bell, who I didn't think looked good today. Uh, uh, Danny Gray had a drop on a ball, but." Um, you know, that's why I, I, I'm glad people do. We've talked about this. I'm glad somebody, Lombardi and and uh, and Grant or whoever else, I'm glad people do chart it because that's great. It helps us reference. It'll be interesting to see on a whole offseason this year, what does Trey do relative to last year or whatever. But I'm just – I don't – I just want to watch these guys throw, and I thought there should have been more accuracy than there was. Well, here's how we got to put it. Grant is a diehard Trey guy. Lombardi's with Sam – you, me, and Greg Papa are Brock Purdy guys, and we'll just let the dust fall. You never know. Day. Papa could be a Darnold guy as well. Dar- Darnold will pivot, or I mean, Papa will pivot so fucking fast. If Kyle gets wind of, you know, he likes Brandon Allen, he'll give Brandon Allen. You see the feet on Brandon Allen? It reminds me of Rich Gannon in 1999. <laughs> so, yeah, I, but, but the point is, ultimately these practices, you know, are not – Especially for the big guys, whatever you know, Ayuk, I, you were telling me Christian McCaffrey. I mean, yeah, these guys I don't think it was whatever fucking, for those two. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I I do think it can be tough for quarterbacks when the you know you got a lot of moving parts. Uh, you know, not everyone knows what they're doing. I mean, Trey does, Ayuk does. You know, Sam in theory should kind of know a lot of it. I, I'm just saying this. It's not the end all be all of making a decision, but. The other thing I was telling you is the media has access to the non-mandatory days. Genius by the NFL. Like, I know you don't want to let anyone see, but if you're going to have three practices in the week, you got to let one open it up. And what happens? Conversation all over the league. Baker yeah. Mayfield, whoever. Yeah. I mean, because no, if coaches could choose, wouldn't you say they would choose this entire spring would be closed? No one would ever be able to yeah, see Yeah, I think anything. Shanahan would have preferred today's was closed. <laughs> so, I, you know, not that you got to take it with a grain of salt, but there is pressure on the two quarterbacks, I would say, more than most people. Beside, like, Burford, who had, you know, the offensive line coach, Drake Jackson, obviously individual players. But these quarterbacks, would you – you were there. I mean, all eyes on those two? <laughs> all eyes. I, mean, is that- I think a lot of people there were hoping maybe they'd see Brock today. Um, um, you think people were hoping yeah. for that Jimmy action, him just throwing on the on the side? You know, I was. <laughs> you know what? I was really excited. I'll tell you what. I was excited to see Jake Moody. He was at the top of my list today. 
Um, I want to see Drake Jackson, who I got to watch a little bit do individual drills. Um, but yeah, it was about, you know, Debo was working, was out on the side. He wasn't there last week, but he was there. I mean, the fact that Debo's there is an improvement. I thought he looked like he was in good shape. Um, uh, Eric Armstead was there. I, I, I follow, I follow, uh, because I think Debo reposted him and I started following this trainer that's down here in Scottsdale. You know, Debo works out with CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase. Like, I, I think there is a crew of people that I, Debo has not been fucking around this offseason. At least the, I think he, the last month he'd been in Arizona and he'd been training with a group of like all pro level guys. Okay. Like, and I just see that this guy posts a lot of stuff. Like, he, he, this guy's a high level trainer. Well, Debo looks good. So I, that's, yeah, that makes sense. I was wondering. But I, I think what makes the Niners kind of unique. This quarterback situation is one of the stories literally of the league right now, but it's like their core guys of like all pro star players, like no one even bats an eye when Nick Bosa, Trent Williams, I mean, these are two of the best players in the league are not even there. You know, George can kind of just eat Fred. You said was wearing a, you know, it's just, they're at the point where it's kind of a weird spot. They're really evaluating these two guys, but the core of their team, Hargrave, you know, can kind of, these are high level veteran proven pro bowlers. Yeah. Yet there's like a it's a very serious practice because there's a lot on the line here. I mean, in a in a weird way, the the third quarterback, Brock Purdy rule, has you and I talked about it and I, I changed my tune. I think that Trey I don't think he's a lock, but I definitely I no longer think he's a lock if he doesn't win the backup job to not be on the team because of the rule. Uh though, you know, Brandon Allen, who was been uh, Joe Burrow's backup on a team like the Niners, who have been one of the f- major factors in the league. So, if Brandon they- Allen, I think, is going to be on like now with the third quarterback rule, that guy's going to be on somebody's team. He's not going to so be do your you, fourth. Do you think it's possible then if Trey can't beat him out? Not that they want to, you, you hate it when I like, throw him a bone, but like give him a new, some scenery. If he does not beat out Sam Darnold, that they could just trade him and go with Brandon Allen as their third quarterback? I think they could do that. Yeah. I think Brandon. That's. I'm just going to comment on. Could is that a crazy thing to do from a Brandon Allen standpoint? No, Brandon Allen could be a third quarterback guy. He's been the backup on a team that went to a Super Bowl and was five minutes away from winning the AFC Championship again against the Chiefs. Right. So I mean, it's really actually kind of a weird spot for Brandon Allen. Like I was watching him thinking, like, couldn't you be on another team? But yeah, that's a good question. Sometimes. One thing that happened is some guys got distribu- dist- redistributed throughout the league. You know, the Mariotas, Baker Mayfields, some of these, a lot of these teams drafted quarterbacks, right? There were what? Five quarterbacks is drafted in the top 35. So that redistributes. I, I think sometimes guys can get lost in the shuffle. The other, he hasn't played much. So part of it's like, what are, are we really going to give Colt McCoy or previously Nick Foles or now Sam Darnold, like they do have a lot of reps. This guy has thrown, I mean, basically 34 pass attempts the last two years. Okay. And he's 30 years old. So not in a rush to make him your backup quarterback anywhere. But he has backed up these last two years. I mean, a pretty important guy. So he's proven, clearly they like him, right? Yeah. He wouldn't be there if Burrow and the head coach, who's the offensive coordinator, didn't sign off on him. Sometimes you can, not that you can find a gem, but now with the third quarterback, like, you're right. This guy, wouldn't you say Brandon Allen's probably a lock to have a pads and a helmet on come game day? That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yep. 
And I'm what I'm not I am not saying Trey Lance isn't beating him out. I'm we're just saying if you have a third guy, then maybe you have more flexibility with Trey. And again, here this would be. You think Trey Lance is a a lock to be on the team come week one if he is not the backup quarterback? I don't think he's a lock. I just don't see what is the world in which he's not on the team. Somebody else would have to really want him. I don't know how that would happen unless he plays really well in camp, but then he'd probably be better than Sam. My opinion is that Sam is not going to run away from Trey. I, I like my takeaway watching today is Sam is not going to make it obvious that Trey should not be on the field, but Trey is also not making it obvious that he's better than Sam. So I just don't see the world where Trey is so good that he's tradable, but he's not also then your backup quarterback instead of Darnold. Well, to me, if they're equals, that's an L for Trey because what Sam has that Kyle knows that he can play in games. He has all the starts, right? Where that's Trey's true. unknown, I can't risk that again. And they've admitted it. Like, there's no more keep our fingers crossed and hope. They're, they're out of that game. They did that last year. Fair or not, he got injured, didn't get any reps, and now you're back at this point where you only got four career starts. So to me, the career starts, and people can argue in the comments or whatever, that clearly matters to coaches of just knowing that I can trust you week in, week out, start games, game plans, just handle seasons, right? So to me, Trey has to be better than him. And I think Kyle would say he should. If you were going to handicap it, the guy who's been here the whole time knows the offense, has gotten an incredible amount of mental reps, should have a massive advantage of just the nuances of the offense, right? Even if Sam, there's been carryovers of different offenses he's played in, right? He Let's just say he knew by the time he got here, 50% of the offensive plays he's ran other places, the verbiage, whatever, picks it up fast. The, the, the timing or the comfortability – of just knowing, I don't also like exactly the nuances of what Kyle likes and things that Kyle demands and should be advantage. It shouldn't, it, it literally is advantage Trey, right? I thought you said it's advantage Sam because he's played in the league. No, I'm saying oh, advantage just, Trey no, the, of the just the time just he spent the, around the team. Yeah. 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 Because he should know the ins and outs of the offense better. Um, maybe he does. I mean, you know, both of them kind of have this. Darnold has this. Ha, you said this to me earlier, like better in games than practice thing going. And Trey, in theory, should be because of his athleticism, better in games than practice. So maybe the joint practices really matter for these two guys. Maybe the preseason games are going to really matter. Oh, fuck these yeah. Two guys, right? They did for Purdy. Made him, he made the team. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to go back to something I was going to say earlier, to see Purdy on the field with these two. To then see like what throws is he making – that they are not making, or is Purdy not going to look better than those guys in that situation? Because I think he, I, what I would expect is him to be more efficient in making kind of the just the pre, the throws that in games are 50-50 throws, and in practice you're just supposed to hit. I, I think what Brock has, regardless how practice goes, is what I'm not comparing him to Debo. Debo's done it longer. If like Debo's not a great practice player. At this point, no one gives a shit. Debo's not really a practice player. Yeah. <laughs> right? But it just it doesn't really matter. Right. He has, he has the equity now built up. Now, Purdy's equity is relatively small, but the belief he has because of that equity with the most important people, the head coach, play caller, I'd even just say the locker room slash defense, 
The one thing the 49ers have that I would say there'd be a small percentage of teams in the league that would have that like their defensive guys like Bosa and Fred, I think would have some influence. Like I want this guy because Kyle is this weird way while being the offensive play caller has like this defensive operation because he wants to run the ball, control the clock. You right, know? right. He's, he's like a, he's a mesh of this genius offensive play caller who kind of thinks like he's 1987 Bill Parcells. You know, and I, I just think that those guys, I mean, no one pounded the table harder than Fred. And I even Bosa was like, we got a quarterback. Remember when he said that last year? I, mm-hmm. I just think those guys are just in his fucking corner. And that, that they're a, they're like, uh, back to the Bob Myers, a little Warriors-y, you know, what happened last year? Like, why'd Looney start? Well, because Steph Curry and Draymond Green said he was starting. You know, it's yeah. just like, there's a, there's a little of that, even though it's like, well, Joe Lacob, Steve Kerr, Bob Myers run the show. It's like, when you have complete ownership of your sweet players because they deserve it, right? You know, if Jason Kelsey comes to say something with the Eagles, like, he has a lot of pull because he's earned it, you know? And, like, he's, I think, uh, Hurts' biggest proponent before Hurts, like, really shoot, shot off the like a rocket ship last year. And that matters. And, I mean, I think Purdy has the backing. That's why, you know, as the Warriors season was going, the guys were going to games, like – like that stuff. <laughs> who's the best practice player out there? Christian McCaffrey. I mean, who's who's his boy? You, you know, know, you just made me think of something with the Kelsey comment. Like it, it's almost like sometimes if players, if veterans believe in a young guy, they say things that reflect that they believe in them, but also that they're trying to give that player confidence. And as I told you, there's just a couple, and people are not going to like this statement. I don't think, but. Trey missed a throw today, and the body language to me was not the body language you would get from, you know, a five-year starter who knows that's okay. That throw does not matter. Now Trey's not a five-year starter. That's not his fault that he's not a five-year starter. But but the body language to me said that he understood that like all these little throws matter in this practice and in the next practice and in the next practice because him and Sam are competing. And he, he, he could use – no, it wasn't even that. It was more subdued than that. It was It was just like uh, the air came out of him for a second. And Was this one – was this like a basic throw? No, I mean, it was a deep throw, but it was a throw that he missed. And, um, you know, maybe I'm projecting what I think on him. But he could probably use statements of confidence from others. I don't know that it would matter to him, but I don't get the sense that we've had that kind of Jason Kelsey thing where someone's like, no, I'm where the guy really believes in him and is saying it because he believes, but also because he knows a young player needs, you can't get confidence until you've done it. So I don't blame anybody for not having that, but he hasn't done it on the field in games. And, um, and he looks at times to me like a guy that hasn't done it on the field in games. And now he's competing with a guy in Brock who's done it on the field in games. And Sam, who uh, we could debate whether he's done it on the field in games, but he's been on the field for a lot of games and in theory just kind of knows what's coming when he steps on the field. And I think that's a part of this whole dynamic is that that Trey still needs to get that. And I don't, you know, as you said to me, well, how does he get it? 
You know, that's that's the hard part. The first thing he's got to do is beat Sam. Then he's got to get on the field somehow. Maybe he can get it in the preseason. Maybe that could help. Maybe that's enough. But Brock now has it. Brock maybe already had it, but Brock's got it now. Brock Purdy knows that he's good enough to win NFL games. He knows it. Yeah. Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get two more like it. And I sent him the lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The Lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time to top it off the performance package throws in two free gifts boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code ham at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping manscaped.com code ham when things get hairy make sure to call on manscaped in clutch time get on the prize picks app just like me and use the code ham 50 for a first deposit match of up to 100 football season's over but hoop season is getting hot tournament season or the fight for playoff home court there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year so get in on the excitement with prize picks america's number one fantasy sports app and you can get it on baseball too i've got some season long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs uh not off not feeling great about shohei less than 38 and a half right now but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's Download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use game time. You just download the app on your smartphone and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. 
search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app. And uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app, Future You Will Thank You. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to Tacovas.com and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to Tacovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Um, a couple other things. You mentioned Ayuk. Uh, we did not get to see Christian McCaffrey in this setting last year. He wasn't on the 49ers yet. He was on the Panthers. And um, he is maybe the best practice player the 49ers have in this Shanahan era. We know Bosa is a very good practice player. Um, Kittle's a very aggressive practice player. McCaffrey is a tier one practice player. He looked like he could have played if there was a game today that Christian looked ready to play. He is faster than everybody else. And he runs at a, he runs at a hundred percent. He runs hard. You could not tackle him if you tried because he's running as if he is trying to avoid tackles. It, they have, this team has a lot of leaders. You hit on a few of them earlier, but the way McCaffrey practices is really impressive. And, and I will say Ayuk practices the same way. Christian's just faster, 
and like gets the ball in the backfield. So he gets to get head of steam and take off running. And he he looks like he practices the same way he plays. And Ayuk now is Ayuk is practicing like that too. I think Ayuk's comment I saw uh before we hopped on was like, I'm about to go off. <laughs> He said that today? I, mean, I think part of it is this money thing and everything. I mean, he's got this is a big year for him, right? There's yeah. Christian McCaffrey, I was thinking about it. And you and I have talked about it. Obviously, no player probably benefited last season from a change of scenery just for his own stardom. Immediately started playing in enormous games. Was like a bright shining star in those games. And already had star equity built up. It was just like boom back on the map again. And it really came down between two teams. Imagine if like somehow the Niners hadn't have gotten him knees on the Rams. I mean, the Rams were obviously terrible and most people think they're not going to be that great this year. Like it's, it's a really big deal that he's on this team for his own. I think this term's so overused, but his brand just in football, like when people just say like Jamar chase or Travis Kelsey or whoever's the star players, like you just say Christian McCaffrey, it truly matters again. You know, and I think that's just from a, as a football fan, that's cool because, like, maybe I underestimated him watching him play last year. And to me, the 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 type guys that they like, I mean, he clearly is that he has that in spades. My thing, hearing you say what he looked like, everyone, you know, reiterated that last week is like Jesus Christ. I think they got to be pretty careful, you know, with this guy. I think he's a lot like Nick Bosa where when they get back from summer break and training camp and it's August one, like he'll be kind of ready, you know, within less than a week to like play an NFL game of just keeping this guy in all cylinders ready to roll for week one. And really just the long haul of the season, because I I think they have an opportunity to have like, I mean, like a Steph clay thing going with Debo and Christian McCaffrey. Like who has that? I mean, truly, who has that? Like when you look at the other two, especially in the in in the their conference, the Eagles have AJ and Devontae, which might be the best one-two combo in the league. But that's wide receivers you got to throw with those two guys. Like Brandon Allen can be the quarterback getting them the ball, right? Wheel routes, handoffs, whatever. Like the better your quarterback, the easier it is to completely utilize them. But like on the most basic level, is like you don't need good quarterback play for those guys to star just because how easy it is getting the ball. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really get to see it. They had moments, and I think they have a chance if both guys are healthy to just be, you know, because they have other running backs as well. I mean, they they could be really, really potent because Brandon Ayuk's one of the better route runners in the league, and obviously George, when he's healthy, we saw what he did with Brock Purdy. I mean, he's a fucking, he's the best, second best tight end in the league. And definitely he's the most well-rounded tight end in the league. So you just, but just potent. Steve I mean, this, Slayton, this offense Pat once White, he got there, what they started averaging like thirty yards. Steve Slayton, Pat White, those are the two. That was the combo I thought of, which was Rich Rodriguez's combo at West Virginia. But Pat White was a running back, or yeah, I mean a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Well, Pat White was a quarterback, but he had eighteen rushing touchdowns, and Steve Slayton had sixteen rushing touchdowns. What about a little whack two thousand ten throwback of just? The Reno teams with like three thousand yard rushers, all the all the touchdowns from the quarterback, the multiple running backs. Vitawa, Kaepernick, and what was the other guy's name? Do you remember the other guy's name? No one knows. Doesn't even matter. It was from like Clovis. It was from Fresno. Like they let him get away. Forget that uh, guy. You know, name. so it's a little throwback 
obviously with those two guys, I, I think there's a lot of like screens and wheel routes with the Kaepernick yeah, offense. Not. It was truly between yeah. the tackles. No, you're right. This is a very much more dynamic situation. Modern short passing game that screen passes both in the backfield. It could be pretty special because the one thing you would say, D- Debo is one of the truly great Sunday guys I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, it's just like, Jesus. I mean, I'd, you don't I, I, care I, that he's working out on the side. I, I'm, I'm more old school when it comes to practice. Like, I, whatever, you know. I, I ideally like good practice players, but, like, I'm, I like Debo on my team. Right. <laughs> you, know? you know what he's going to so, look like? And you know what McCaffrey's going to look like week one. That's your point. It's like, Christian, just keep the hammy healthy. Yeah, like one of the knocks I, I saw a headline today, like I guess Albert Brewer reported that, you know, it's tepid at best when it comes to DeAndre Hopkins. Like he's got a lot of things going against him. He's been in trouble now, not a great practice player, doesn't practice, injured a lot. You know, like the only knock on Debo is, you know, he's not, you know, <laughs> he's not like McCaffrey level focused, but he makes up for it as long as he's playing like that in games, which he's in the prime of his career right now. I mean, their weaponry if you know Elijah Mitchell if he can just give him eight games right with their other running backs they always get out of they, they just got so many players I mean we haven't even mentioned Juwan I mean their offense is really really loaded and their yeah. defense is still really good yep I think they're I would say their defense is a question mark but they do have a new coordinator it's just I think it's I can't just pencil them in as like a top two or three defense until they prove it again right for sure and they're, but they're offense, I'd say, on paper. Al Shire's gone, and, you know, Hufunga goes from being, like, coming in as, like, the number two safety to now kind of being the number one safety, right? Um, yeah. Uh, a couple, before I get to uh, one, one other thing I wanted to hit with you, let us let me hit a couple comments here, John, from Randall. Thousand excuses for Sam Darnold and zero for Lance. Makes sense. Salty Cyclist. Always the worst light with Lance and the best light with Brock. It's so obvious, the bias. Uh, for the record, Brock uh, was at 13 touchdowns, four picks, 67% completion percentage. We're really not comparing those two guys anymore because you know who's not comparing those two guys anymore? Kyle Shanahan's not comparing those two guys anymore. No one is comparing those two guys anymore. It's Brian says, we talking about practice? We are talking about practice, which is why I preface it with May, this was May 31st. one practice. <laughs> also, what is Kyle Shanahan going to determine who his backup quarterback is based on? A lot of it's going to be practice because they th- the practice, right? Are they going to – if Brock is I, not healthy week I, one, I, is, is Kyle going to play two quarterbacks week one? No. He's going to make a decision based on all the collection of all the practices. Practice matters to coaches. Yeah, preseason games will be big for those two guys and the joint and the joint practice with the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, you know, but, you, you're right. No, pra- practice you know, practice matters a lot. Hundred percent. It's it's in between. It's not. It's May. You're right. It's May thirty first. We're not. Practice matters result. a lot. And, and here's the other thing: practice Brock, matters to coaches. Brock still got to do it again. We're a long way well, away from Brock becoming the 49ers' true franchise quarterback. He's, well, think about he's got it. A ways think, to go think, here with that. Well, all these guys. Think about it last year. Do you think anything changed in training camp for Trey Lance that made them start talking about Jimmy Garoppolo in early August? Like, hey, John, should we look into this? Or do you think that bled over from the spring? 
like Kyle maybe not was as confident when he was drinking Mai Tais in Cabo in early July where he's like, are we sure? And then some practices started being kind of hit or miss in some of the training camp practices. Because remember, they didn't, they didn't just think of the Jimmy Garoppolo thing whenever the date that they officially signed him, September 1 or September 2 or August 31st. John Lynch, they started talking about it in early August. And that was, I think, they never really said this, but it was clear it was a reflection of their lack of confidence in what they were seeing out of Trey Lance. Well, or... Fair or, or not. Like, that, that was their opinion, not ours. But also... We tried to be bullish on it last year. Remember, like, well, balls are flying around. Debo, you know, they're not quite on the same page. Yeah, check the tape. We were... <laughs> there was plenty of evidence of us being bullish on Trey. Like, is Debo um, even trying on this route? You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I also think part of that situation was a result of them feeling like Jimmy had to go. You know, if Jimmy was under a 10-year contract and they could have done whatever they wanted, Jimmy, they, they might just, Jimmy had to go coming into last year. Like they had to move on to Trey, right? That was part of it. They didn't really have a choice. Like they couldn't bring Jimmy back again as the starting quarterback. And then they, Jimmy had no option. They couldn't trade him because he, the first time he couldn't pass a physical uh, in March and April. Yeah, well, right. It just it just kind of fell together. So you're asking, did they change their perspective of Jimmy because of how Trey looked? And I'm saying maybe their perspective of the two guys never changed. They just felt like the situation they were obligated. Like this is if we're going to give Trey and I was a proponent of this and you were a proponent of this. Give Trey Lance a chance. Jimmy Garoppolo has to go. You drafted Trey Lance for a reason. You have to develop him. Uh, we've seen Jimmy's ceiling. When he's healthy, forget about the fact that he's always hurt. You just, he's got to go, and then Trey becomes your guy. And then it was like, well, I mean, I guess if Jimmy can be your backup, there was no, no one had thought Jimmy could just be your backup quarterback. So then he was your backup quarterback, and then Trey got hurt, and he began the starting quarterback. I see this comment how many other quarterbacks are written off after eight career games. I don't know, has Trey even played eight career games? I remember last year talking to an executive that is associated with the Jets. And this is, I think, early on in the season. And he was like, you know, the crazy thing game. is, he said after o after OTAs, offseason, no one wanted to say it. <laughs> they didn't have any other options. They were all in. But the, the buzz with scouts and kind of the unwritten thing when coaches would look at the scouts and they'd have to close the door and talk about it was like, we have a problem at quarterback. And obviously, Zach Wilson was also then awful in the preseason for that. It was bad. Like, I don't think Trey, for example, like they knew pretty quickly last year. And, and I mean, I heard this from someone that knows it was it was going to be ugly. But you just, they had no choice. They had to just let it play out. And it played out and it got really ugly. I don't think it ever got that ugly with Trey, even last year when things were kind of weird in practice. But I do think there was just, are we sure we can win with this guy? Because unlike the the Jets were just hoping to like make the playoffs and just be competitive, right? Just have a chance to win nine-ish games come December. This gets back to, it is very, very difficult in pro sports to put a young guy in a position on a team that views themselves as championship level and just ride with it. This could be some top prospect for the Yankees starting pitcher. Yeah, I'll give you a couple starts, but they won't keep rolling him out if he's getting shelled, right? James Wiseman with the Warriors, like we tried and then it's like we don't we can't. 
Trey, it, the rumblings weren't just the coach. It was the players. It was just like, we're trying to win every fucking game we play, guys. There's Because in theory, just open open road, let it roll. And that's, the, the a lot of teams were good. Exa- the Jets did it until they're like, this is crap. We just, we well, can't. Out, they the, were the, better than they thought too, right? The better than they thought, and the rest of the team was like, bro, we're going to quit. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. The, the Bears were so terrible, they could just like, Fields, just do whatever you're doing, right? That's the ideal thing where you just like, let's see if this guy can improve. We're going to suck. When, once you get good, the Jets were half the Niners. They were just in the wild card mix, and it was like, we got to go to the backup. The moment you're trying to win, the rope on the quarterback gets like, it's like this, right? It's just like, well, that guy can't be the problem. Because this is what the other players would say. Fred or whoever, Jawan Jennings, if I'm sucking, you're going to play someone else pretty quickly, right, in these big games. You'll yank me off the field. It's always the pushback. Gets back to like when I used to listen to Mike and Mike. Golick used to like hate quarterbacks because like they were treated unlike every other position, even though rightfully so. But his whole point was they always bitch and moan when he drafts another quarterback. They always bitch and moan if they get a short leash where every other position even a great player, like if Bosa's kind of limping around, you like get him off the field, get another guy in there. Trent would probably be the only guy that he could play at like ten percent. They probably wouldn't make a change. But every other position, you would if if some's weird Debo, like get other guys in there. I, I think great teams with non players with long leashes of equity of of proven track record. Like if Josh Allen's having the worst season of his career. In 2023, let's just say like he's just playing terrible. He, he, no matter what happens, he's playing every single snap until he can't physically play, right? Or Herbert or whoever. But I, I think when it comes to young quarterbacks with established teams, I think the league has just shown you, man. They just they turn on you. The well, players. Kyle has, shown, Kyle has shown that he is not, you know, that he is not going to stick too long, and. Like I said, Brock has not played a lot of football, and he got hurt. That goes for Brock, Darnold, whoever. 100%. Like, if you told me Sam Darnold and Trey Lance are gone and Brock Purdy isn't that guy and Brandon Allen gets a start, you know, like, I believe anything with Kyle in terms of how he manages his quarterbacks. But I know every time we talk about this, there are all these accusations of we're biased towards this guy, we're biased towards we're anti-Trey or pro a Brock or first of all, they're pro Brock. Be clear about that. They are pro Brock. They've named him their starting quarterback and his elbow doesn't work. Right. Which is not, again, not Kyle's MO. You and I were talking on the phone when you were driving back from practice. Listen, maybe there was a scenario. Belichick could rattle something off in like 1973, but has to be unprecedented for a guy with less than half the starts who was a seventh-round pick. I'm not even factoring Mr. Irrelevant. A seventh-round pick, a team Super Bowl contender, who is injured, and the team, just without hesitation, is naming the starter. His position is set in stone. The back of the day, like, can't lose your position because of a concussion or an injury, right? They're they're giving him that treatment. Yeah, that was the Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick. But he lost it. (laughs) Yeah, that was the debate, right? Can you lose your job because you get hurt? And, of course, the answer is yes. Now, Brock could, if Brock had to miss the first month and Trey Lance or Sam Darnold was 4-0 and just had 13 touchdowns and zero picks, and the, like he, they would keep rolling with the guy. 
So like back to what you said, Brock is not on scholarship, but they have saved his position relative to these guys as we sit today. I'm here would to, you agree being in practice, nothing has changed with that? Yeah, I mean, I know Lynch's words today were Brock's the leader in the clubhouse, but it's open for competition. And what I am here to tell you, again, it, remove forget just for a second, everybody, if you think I'm anti or we're anti-Trey, forget everything else has been said, just listen to this. We've been to a lot of these practices over the years. I don't think Sam Darnold or Trey Lance will show anything that is more impressive than what Brock showed last year. It's almost impossible. But I'm also saying, I don't think they're good enough practice players to even do it if you could do it, if you could somehow replicate. I mean, Brock was incredible. He was so good that I do wonder if he can really be that good again for a whole season. That's legitimate to wonder about Brock, I think. I mean, 13 touchdowns, four picks. Like, you extrapolate that over a season and over a career, it's they just found their franchise quarterback. So let's pump. I'm good pumping the brakes on that. I'm just telling you, and I'm not somebody in the chat said like, oh, everyone loves Sam Darnold as a practice player. I don't. I don't think he was great. I don't think either one of them is great. I'll go back to my original headline on watching May 31st OTA open practice, which is just a small slice of the pie. I don't know how either one of these guys is going to beat the other guy out. But if you, to me, the only bias is somebody that thinks Trey is clearly better than Darnold or Darnold is clearly a better option than Trey. I, maybe that's not even a bias. That's just an opinion. And those opinions are fine. I think you you think that, right? That Darnold just, how could Trey be as good as Darnold? I'm just saying, if we just watch practice, uh, Kyle's going to have to break the tie off something because to me, it's going to be about a tie. I, I, I don't. I'm not leaning one over the other, but I just don't think we can even talk about Brock right now with the information we have on Brock as part of a conversation with these two guys, not based on what they've been and what he was. He was just so much better than either one of them has been. One big, I would say, question mark for Purdy and a big reason why he was a seventh-round pick and not like a fourth-round pick, 33 picks in college. And the one knock I heard from people that like, wanted to like him was just he turned the ball over a lot mm. and when you think of last year there were some plays i would say 50 50 plays it felt like is that ball out of bounds and then you get up there like i got a great shot into the green you're like i hit that really terrible right he had a lot of those where it's like oh that's in the water and you're like actually no i got a pitching wedge in somehow you missed it he had a lot of those plays and as i think the pff stack guys would tell you over the course of time he's got to get like yeah. those will turn into picks Right, it was like remember Patrick Mahomes was it two years ago had that stretch where he was throwing all those picks, and it was like, well, some of these will eventually get dropped or whatever, and it just kind of evened itself out. You know, it was just one of those stretches where they were catching everything. Like, does Brock have one of those stretches? That, but this gets back to you can throw a pick a game if you're throwing three or four touchdowns, and that was the thing with Jimmy. It's like you didn't throw enough touchdowns. That was where Brock really excelled for the 49ers. Right. Is he was they were scoring so many points. Remember what was the average over like the six regular season games? It was like thirty plus points. It, it, this gets back to what we talked about: the fucking arsenal of human beings you're throwing to, with the coach scheming it up and a running game. So it's but it's the same argument of why you know Trey should have had a good opportunity in theory to to thrive, right? Because you're not asking that much of him. Well, it turned out Kyle thought running him sixteen times was actually a reasonable like that's what they would have to ask of him, and it got him hurt. Yeah, and everyone thought that Kyle was the idiot because why would you run him so much? 
And Kyle's saying, this is what I think, this is what will be required if we're going to try and win. I don't think you can pass it. I think it's legitimate to criticize them for the evaluation and the pick based on where the situation is right now. But I don't think it's legitimate to debate whether or not Brock Purdy deserves more of a chance than Trey Lance does based on where the situation is right now. If we're playing Monday morning quarterback, here's a simple reality. They should have just stayed at 12 and picked a position player. <laughs> yeah, not Mac Jones, though, but that's what they would have done. Well, 100%. Well, look at the other three quarterbacks. Like, the, the jury is still out on Justin Fields throwing the football. Mac Jones, no chance. You cannot do that. Belichick already hates him. And Zach Wilson, even if he had been there, that would not have been good. They should have just, if anything, just trade up and take fucking Micah Parsons at three. Now you'd have Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa. You could play with Brandon Allen and feel pretty good, right? If you had those two guys. What if the Niners had done that, looking back? Well, Michael well, Parsons got drafted 12th, John. If you could redo that draft, Trevor Lawrence clearly still goes one. Yeah. Does Micah Parsons go two? Micah goes two. Jamar Chase goes three. Uh, Rashawn Slater or Panay Sewell go? Yeah, I think I, I, I have to text some people. In the league. I think Sewell still is a locked top 10 pick. Is he going three? Four, five, you know. Seven. He went seven. Slater went 13. I think he still goes right around there. Slater uh, goes high. Patrick Sertan I think, went nine. Yeah, he would He would go top five. I think Horn, when he's been healthy, is pretty damn good. I, I Devontae goes 11 or higher, right? He's been awesome. <laughs> he is awesome. For the most Wait, who, part. The, who's that? Who are you talking about? Uh, the, the, who the Eagles take? Landon Dick in the first round? Yeah. Oh, Devontae Smith. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, he's not yeah. going any lower. No, he's not getting any lower than that. You're right. Yeah. Waddle went six. Devontae go ahead of him. Yeah. Right? And Waddle's still going top 12. Yeah. Landon Dickerson made the Pro Bowl this year. He's going top 15. He was in the second round. He has AC. I mean, he's still got injury questions. He, I think multiple ACLs. My point is, do any of those quarterbacks go in the top 10 if you redo this draft? Zach Wilson on a redraft goes six. I don't rounds? even know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not I. Uh, Trey goes. I would say you don't think it's second round, third round. Deshaun, I was go, I was going to say I, st- I I still think Fields would go in the first round. It'd probably be like a Jordan Love twenties pick. Yeah, no way Trey goes in the first round, and Mac Jones no chance it goes in the first round. Mac Jones would go in like the. Second, and they'd feel good about it right now. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. I don't know, maybe not. I think in the uh, long run, you're looking for another quarterback. If Mac Jones is, I think the the, the Patriots will have to. Um, Gerard Mayo or Belichick's kid will. Yeah, you. I mean, Malik Willis won the third round. He can't pass. So yeah, Trey could easily go in the second round, even based on right now. You know, the character, the the want to. <laughs> yeah. Because you're still, you take projects in the second round. I, yeah, I, you one thing I think One thing I think we learned is, for example, this year, right? Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, I mean, just have multiple years in the biggest program, kicking ass, throwing balls all over the place. So it's like, whether they work out or not, that they started at the two best programs, two of the three or four best programs, unreal players in college. Like Those are type guys that have historically always got drafted. Anthony Richardson at Florida, major project. But the one thing you say about Anthony Richardson, unlike Trey, like I would expect his running is going to translate. Like he's going to go, I'm fast, I can run. 
whether it ultimately works. I would out, also I expect that he doesn't underthrow. Uh, my guess is like he may be lasering the ball all over the place, but it's not going to be, you know, at, at well, maybe it will be at people's feet. I don't know. But you're right. He'll be comfortable running the ball. I, I would say a lot like Trey, major project, his physical attributes are just far superior. He's bigger, stronger, better arm. It did play in the SEC. Right, I mean, was an FCC level guy, six win team. This gets back to I. I, I think sometimes you know, I think DJ does a good job. They, they talk about this because they get really like nerdy scouting. Is like you got to get back to the origin. Like, why did we get here? GMs always say this. Like, where did we mess up? We always like to go to the root of the problem. I think when you just look back, unique times, right? That that time Played period one game, in college yeah. football, yeah. But I also think like. When you really break it down, you go, God, you know, he just because you're overlooked in college does not determine like Josh Allen was overlooked. It's turned out okay. I would say historically though, like overlooked, Aaron Rodgers was overlooked. He still got to go to Cal, right? At the time, and they were good. I mean, after guy, junior college. Yeah, but I'm saying they gave him a, I'm saying out of junior college, he was offered a scholarship to Cal, yeah, who yeah. was loaded and competing to be a top ten team. Right. Where this guy was told by one of you know, PJ Fleck, I don't think was there yet. I would say Minnesota bottom half of the conference was not interested in him at all and had to go to North Dakota State. As a quarterback. I'm just saying you can you can kind of put the pieces together. This was a lot of things was a pretty big stretch for why this. Like, I'm pretty sure Brandon Allen, Arkansas, I think. I mean, sounds yeah, right. Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, you would also say. I'm not saying it's the end all be all. That's a lock when you just play this game. Yeah. But, I mean, look at a lot of the players on the Niners, right? Nick Bosa, blue chipper. Trent Williams, blue chipper. Debo Samuel, kind of understand why he wouldn't go to like Georgia, Florida. But, you know, he's kind of a unique body type. What's his true position, but does four-year starter in South Carolina, FCC, right? Brandon Ayuk, JC guy, late first-rounder. You know, Fred Warner, just several-year starter at BYU who's consistently a top-25 team. You know, uh, I would say Ward, Ward's a good example of, a, I think, second-rounder, but then goes on to start for the best team in the league for a long time, and you sign him, right? Hargrave. Slow developer, boom, you get Steelers, Eagles, you pay a lot of money. You know, just a lot of them have pretty consistent track record of feeling pretty good. Debo, yeah. the other thing with Debo is he went to the senior bowl and I was like, fuck, this guy's good. You know, that's another thing. Like, do you go to, a, you know, trade didn't have the opportunity as an underclassman, but I, I think Debo showed out at the senior bowl. Purdy, for his draft position, it if you only know his draft position, what you don't know is that he was an elite, you know, he was a big-time college quarterback and a major and recruit I, coming out of high school. I think historically smaller players with average arms are just never going to get drafted that high. And I yeah, think he influenced dramatically Hayner and Stetson Bennett getting drafted. If Brock Purdy does not exist and the Niners just had Joe Schmoke quarterback and they have a disaster season last year, are Hayner and Stetson Bennett fourth round picks or are they six? I uh, see. I still think, I still think they're not six round picks. I still think Jake's a fourth round pick and, Bennett's an interesting one, but I still think Jake J- Hayner specifically ha- has shown toughness, moxie, good arm, played for Tedford. So I, did Purdy, though, and went in the seventh. I know. I know. I know. P- Purdy's I a think it helps when you see a, dr- dr- a direct 
Remember, like be- after Draymond became like a stud, Hayner's got every, a better arm. Like, who? I think Hayner has a better arm than Purdy. I agree, and I I wonder if people think like playing at Fresno State in a weird way for Tedford almost translates more than like the wide than the I mean they had a wide open offense than than a Big Twelve Iowa State quarterback would translate, you know? I just I mean. Chase Daniel was such a good pl- – that was a long time ago at Missouri, and they were like a top-10 program when he was there. Shorter guy, put up – I mean, his last two years at Missouri guy, 33 touchdowns, 39 touchdowns. Now he, threw a lot of, he threw a lot of picks. <laughs> but same deal, Big 12 player of the year, all that shit, undrafted free agent because he was short. Now, shorter quarterbacks have dramatically changed the last – Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield – it probably is the eye of the beholder, too. I mean, there are probably still people in the league that are like, I'm not into that. Look, uh, Brock proved that he shouldn't have been the last pick of the draft. He's He has not yet proven that people who didn't think he could be a long-term NFL starter were wrong. It's it's just the sample. I believe in Brock Purdy to a point. But the sample, if Brock was 6'4 with a big arm, I think it'd be a lot easier. If he hadn't, you know, if he... If, if he'd played a full seat, whatever, like he still has a ways to go. This thing is one thing I know about watching Niners and watching Niners quarterbacks over the last few years. This whole thing is not over yet. Whatever that means, I'm not sure, but it's not over yet. But the battle that we've been fighting repeatedly now for a couple of years is, you know, there are some that think anything other than the Niners need to let just, just let Trey have the reins that anything other than that, is subjective, is bias, is whatever. When the nine, the 49ers, key, who are incentivized to win with Trey Lance, or you would think in theory most teams in that situation would be, they keep finding other solutions to their quarterback problem or trying to find other solutions to their quarterback problem. So I, I don't, you know, I understand the debate between who's going to end up being the guy and could Trey still be the guy, and that's still a legitimate and healthy debate. I don't understand the belief that any suggestion that Trey isn't going to be the guy or can't be the guy is bias against him. They draft him third overall. They get plenty of blame for the situation they put him in as well as the evaluation if it's incorrect but that doesn't change the reality that they have continued to make other decisions. When it was clear that Brock was not going to be healthy for OTAs, they didn't just go sign Brandon Allen and say he can back up Trey Lance. They went and signed Sam Darnold and said he can compete with Trey Lance, right? They could have easily have said Trey Lance is the back at minimum. He's Brock's backup at, at maximum. He just is the starter. So we're good there. Brandon Allen will be the other guy. But that's not what they did. So I, I don't, you know, it's... It's all there in front of us. It's just all there in front of us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jake Moody had three kicks today, John. <laughs> His leg is much stronger than Zane Gonzalez's. Tailwind, you know, they do like the would have been good from. He had a 53-yarder. Just the, Actually, the first time, you know, they bring the goalpost out to like the 20 so the guy doesn't kick it over the fence. So they bring the goalpost yeah. out to the 20. He's got a tailwind on like a 30-yard kick. He kicks the ball so far, the guy that had lined up like at the goal line to catch the thing had to keep going back to catch the thing. And I was like, oh, my God. It just 
So I picked up some grass and tossed it, yeah, like a caddy, a little bit of wind. They kept moving him back, and he kept annihilating the ball. And he hit one today that would have been good from 70 yards. I'm not, I did them at 70 yards. Would have been death. Good. He looked incredible today <laughs> on three kicks. Three kicks. Uh, guy, guy, death taxes and Jake Moody, right? <laughs> That's what Jim Harbaugh said. That's right. So, death taxes and Jake Moody. So, yeah, it's just you and I will not argue taking the guy is, and listen, the kickoff rule, I'm still trying to figure out if you can kick it through the end zone. The ball started at the 20. It were, everything starts at the 25 now because. Coaches were pissed. Andy was pissed. Dan Campbell was pissed. John Harbaugh's furious. Belichick. <laughs> All the teams that voted no were like Belichick, Harbaugh. Ultimately, for his greatest, he's going to kick it out of the end zone, no problem. This guy was drafted to hit field goals, right? Right. We know he can kick it out of the end zone, and that's a plus for this team. It's about kicking field goals against the Eagles, against the Cowboys, in playoff games. Like That's... Robbie Gold is currently playing like the nine best courses in Chicago, and he Instagrams about it. Like that's. <laughs> hey guys, can I shoot under par with just this seven iron? <laughs> yeah. Today we play Marion. <laughs> so I mean, it's just, I don't. I think he's cool with it. They're cool with it. It's like it's Jake Moody's time. I, I just. It is hard. It's a positive step. You know, because he's not going to get credit right for just doing he's only going to get criticism or people are going to be pissed when he misses not that he won't get like if he hits long field goals it'll be cool and like but like it'll be way more negativity if it doesn't go well than positivity if he's just solid it'll feel pretty good though i agree pretty good especially he's got a big leg if he's like banging 57 yarders yeah because i do think like for example in recent memory butker had a Weird year last year, but remember when Bucker kind of became a star? McPherson with the Bengals and the fucking Raiders, Carlson. When you got a guy that's like, this guy can just bang out like a 56-yard field goal, you feel pretty fucking good about your just weaponry. Like, whatever. Right. We got stuffed. Bring in the kicker, <laughs> you know? Yep. Tucker. I mean, they've been doing it for a decade. McManus just got cut, but he's... Who's you know, he's the Jags? Yeah, I, I think so, because they, they got rid of their kicker. But part of it, like the the famous names, they don't get credit for like thirty two yard field goals. It's like the fifty plus. Oh yeah, just fifty three yarder. Don't even think twice. Meach Montana, good name. Can't wait for the Niners to win seven games with Bum Purdy, so the hype can die as fast as it was born for the flash of the pan. <laughs> seven wins would be no fun. It hard, you seven wins would be more than just their quarterbacks. Not great. This seven the roster be, should be good enough, but yeah, assistant coaches would get fired. It'd be, there'd be hell to pay. Seven wins in this conference in that division. Yeah, there'd be hell to pay. Will Speak, not be tolerated. Speaking of uh, Robbie Gold golfing, I did just last night made it. You ever make a late night from bed can't sleep purchase on your phone? <laughs> All the time. I went. I went with the lag shot seven iron. You heard of the lag shot? It's like one of these wiggly clubs that gets really heavy if your path isn't right. So I'm waiting for that delivery from Golf Galaxy. Have you, have you seen the thing, uh, Sean Foley? You know the the dude who used to teach Tiger and some yeah. other guy. They created this thing that goes on your wrist to get your path correct. Oh, was it like a like a forearm it. pad kind of? Yeah, and at, they were at the memorial this week. Rory had it on, and they filmed him, and Rory was talking how great it was, immediately purchased it. 
<laughs> my guy, Tom Segudo on YouTube. That's my golf instructor, John. And he was using the lag shot last night. So like immediate buy. So get your timing down. You gotta get the, I just gotta get the right path. I don't want to be coming over the top, you know. I wanna... No, it's about it's about inside kind of That's shallowing. Right. That's right. That's what. This and this thing is wobbly, is. so it gets heavy if you have the wrong path. You know, it basically becomes a noodle. Uh, tempo town. Here I come. <laughs> somebody on the chat. Somebody early. John asked John, "What putter are you using lately?" The two ball. Uh, you off the two ball? Yeah, it's called like. Uh... I don't even know the exact. It's like Enol putter. The what? One of the one of those uh, Evnerol, I think it's called. Evenroll. Uh, How you say it? I always thought it was Evenroll. Maybe it is Evenroll. E V N R O. Oh, Evan. Yeah. For a long time, you had the the two ball kind of. What was that thing called? The Odyssey. Got got, got rid of it. I I got um yeah an, an Evenroll at. Uh, PJ Superstore, you know, used putter. They're mm-hmm. usually like four hundred bucks. It was, yeah. you know, one ninety nine. Like you were stroking it. it? Uh, no, I just, I, I just wanted to mix it up. I was just like, I just want a new putter. Yeah, it was one yeah. of those. Like, what the hell does a difference, difference in a driver, whatever those can have a putter? I could give you any, most people any putter. It's like, it ain't the putter. But I just wanted a new putter. Yeah, I understand. Sometimes you just want to go to the bullpen, you know. That you have to at least have another arm in the pen so you can blame something, you know, and pull something else out. Uh, all right. So that was practice today. Um, you know, that's that. You see Jed? Did not see Jed. Parag's run a soccer team. Probably didn't see him either. Oh, did you hear what happened to Leeds? Somebody's been DMing me. I didn't quite understand. So I might relegation not details, right? Relegation, but the owner has been trying to buy some other team and. I don't know, somewhere else, Argentina or Spain or something. And uh, but he he couldn't sell the Niners the rest of Leeds. He wasn't going to do that until he got the other team locked in. So now he's got the other team locked in. So he's got to sell Leeds to help pay for the new team. But they just got relegated. So, you know, the Niners are going to try and go Sam Darnold on Leeds here and get them at a big discount because you lose like, you know, a bunch of revenue by getting relegated. So that's the latest. This is all based on DMs from a listener who's been breaking it down for me. Thanks to uh, whoever that is. I mean, Jed and Parag are going to lowball the shit out of that guy. Don't they have they they get the full right to buy it all? I think by 2024. So I, I think, think that's what they're about to do. Yeah, they got him by the balls. <laughs> but he needs that sale to buy his uh, the guy. The guys. The names are great. Rodrizani. He wants to buy Semp. Sampdoria, Sampdoria, a big Italian Premier League club. He won't sell the Niners till he had that offer accepted. But he needs to sell to finance the Sampdoria move. What's Prague the team? Knows this, so the Niners are trying to take it over completely. Did you tell me that you watched the uh, documentary biography thing on the actors that own the soccer team? I have watched some of Welcome to Wrexham, yes. And they're good now. I think they just... Yeah, they did. They moved up a level, I think. So they're coming. To what? But they were like at the fifth level. So now they, they were terrible. Yeah, they, they were like <laughs> they were like playing UC Davis. But it's <laughs> worth a lot of money. Like they're basically they told him at one point their money guy was like, "Look, if we don't move up next year, we'll lose a million and a half. That's just the way it is." But the Leeds was like in the EPL. 
Well, right. I, one thing I didn't understand is when you're in the big one and then you go back down, it makes sense that for two more years, you still get a reduced cut of the money because in theory, you signed all these guys for the big leagues. So, you know, your expenses went up because your income went up, but then you get sent back down. And so they help you soften the blow a little bit. Uh, That's a badass element of just, you I don't know. play well, you go away. And like those games I saw, I didn't watch it, but I saw the thing. It was like, the lower division, there was a game between two teams. Winner moves up. <laughs> oh my god! What's well, like the equivalent? That? Well, that's the equivalent. Like the players get, like, hey man, if if you can bat like three hundred here in the minors for a month, they're gonna probably call you up. Or in the preseason, like, hey, you make some tackles, you could make the club. That's a whole team. And there's no like, could or going. maybe or we'll let you. They're just the rules say if you win today, you go. Feels like there are certain teams that never are like Manchester City and United and uh, the team that starts with an E and Everton. Some of those, te- yeah, uh, yeah. There's mm. another one. Mm. Are they ever in Barcelona? Mm. Ever in jeopardy? Yeah, that's a great question. Because <laughs> only like the bottom the two Yankees or three. Down. I don't. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, yeah. All right. On that note, Peace. thanks for hanging, everybody. Later. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.